Welcome, everybody. I am Michelle Prouse. And with me today, I have Lynette Ellis and Rachel Adams. And today we are recording our very first podcast. We are super, super excited. And our podcast series is going to be called Connections. And we are going to be recording Conversations on the Couch. So first, I want to go ahead and introduce our wonderful, brave first volunteer, Rachel Adams. Rachel, do you want to introduce yourself and talk about your topic, you know, what you want to talk about today? Sure. So um, I'm Rachel Adams. We have lived here. um, We moved in in March and we have got four kids, Um, Boston, who's 11, Madison, who's nine, um, Savannah, I should remember their ages. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, who's seven and Jordan, who's four. And then a giant white dog that if you live around me, you already know who he is because he's probably been in your yard and you've had to chase him away multiple times. So, and I'm married to Chris and we are super excited to be here. Um, today, uh, a few weeks ago, I guess I gave a talk and, and for some reason that, struck a chord with enough people that we're going to kind of continue and build on that a little bit more today um, for everybody and and expand on some of the things that I didn't necessarily go into, but that really helped me over the last year as I strive to make changes and, and really make an effort to come closer to Christ. So, well, I know for myself, I'm so super excited to expand on this because listening on the Sunday when you delivered your talk, it wasn't just me, but my kids were, we were all just really glued to what you had to say. And I am just really, really excited for you to share that because we all could use a little boost right now and a little bit of just um, some good resources about, you know, goal planning and um, your conversion story, by the way, just kind of your reconversion story, mm-hmm. I guess, was just so inspiring. I personally have shared it with multiple people. And I think, you know, you were just so real. And I think that's one of our goals with this Connections podcast is just learning the real stories behind the women in our ward. And I think we can just gain so much strength from all of our experiences. So I'm just so excited to hear more from you today. Oh, for sure. I love this idea. I think it's, I I mean, I've told you already, I just think it's the most inspired thing ever because it helps us really make those connections with people that we don't get a chance to meet right now because we're not meeting in person and we don't see them and for ward functions. And so it really helps you build those, those bonds because when people open up and share what makes them who they are and you understand more about people than it's, it just, it helps you build those, I mean, connections for lack of a better term so that you can really grow together as a ward and sisters and all of, all of that stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's when, I think whenever we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, uh, both, you know, to, to outside people and to, and to people that are close to us, it, it helps us to attach more feelings instead of just like this outside perception, Mm -hmm. you know, of who this person is. We really understand that person and that that's where the growth comes from. I really believe so. Just knowing that other people are striving and are, you know, in similar situations sometimes is where the strength is. So, Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for being willing to be our first podcast maker. Rachel, you're so brave. Yeah. No, a little nervous, but it's good. That's all right. It's all good. Yeah. So yeah, so we're here today to talk about some of this stuff. Um, I don't know. Where where do you guys want to start? I think if I would love to hear again, kind of a just maybe a brief synopsis of of what you talked about in in okay. church over the pulpit. I okay. thought, you know, just where you talked about just having just a desire for change is really what I'd like to focus on and okay. kind of how you got to that point. Okay. So it, it was it was really interesting. Um when I was when I went to write the talk, it um I, I like I I mean it's always hard. They they gave me a wide open field of living and sharing the gospel. And and as I went to go write it, I just thought like what does it actually mean to live the gospel? And as as I kind of narrowed it down, I realized that my own experiences have helped me better live the gospel in the last year. So I'll remind a little bit. Um a couple years ago, we moved back to Utah from Texas. Um, we moved to Alpine and we were renting, which Michelle, you know, that the drive back and forth and we were coming down here every week for church and we were coming down here for school and sports and all that. And it just, it felt like a lot. And I, we were in survival mode. I feel like we moved when we moved from Texas, we, it was incredibly sudden. We had, I mean, we had gone to visit family for a family reunion. We came back and two days later on the, well, on the drive back, my husband turned to me and said, I think we need to move to Utah. And, and I had had the same kind of feelings and, but it was August. It was, I think August 15th when we were driving back and school was starting in Utah on like the 18th or the 17th that Wednesday. And so we made it back to Texas, bought tickets for our kids and, and my husband, and he flew them back and dropped him off with his mother-in-law and got them enrolled in school and everything. So it was like, and then I stayed and I had one week to pack up the house and get it ready to show. And then I flew out to Utah one week later and we stayed with my mother-in-law or my, my in-laws for a couple weeks. And, um, in a teeny little room, all six of us while we found a rental and then we found a rental. Anyways, it was just, we felt like our life went from stable and settled to chaos in a matter of, minutes and, and, and when you're in survival mode, you're, you're purely surviving. You're just trying to make it through every single day. And that kind of became our new normal for the longest time. And so, um, things like scriptures, temple, all of that, like prayer, even like you do the basics where you go to church, you pray, but like, I wasn't, that was it. Like that was the extent of what I was doing and then on top of it, there's social media and you, what, you know, I've had multiple friends leave the church probably in the last year or two. Um, and so like you hear their voices and you see their things and, and things were becoming not muddled, but kind of numb, I think is the best way I was becoming numb to all of it. And, and I remember, you know, the pandemic kind of started and I remember one day, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was so tired of all of it, like of all the expectations and all the I, just going and praying and all of that stuff. And I just felt like I didn't care anymore. 
Um, and it hit the point where I didn't care if I went to church. We still went, but it was one of those, like, because it was habit and not because you want to go. Um, and I hit the point where I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, what's the point? Like, let's stay home. And instead of Sundays being busy with meetings and church and planning and lessons and all this stuff, like, why not just spend time as a family and go out to dinner and like, who cares? Like, what if this is really true? And in that moment, I had to stop myself and say, like, hold up, wait, wait a second. There's something off here. And it was like this stark realization that I was, I was teetering on this edge and, and I could let myself fall off and I'd, I'd probably be fine. Right. But at the same time, it, I knew it meant letting go of something that had carried me my entire life. And, um, and as I stopped and, and really it dawned on me how far, how not gone. Cause I wasn't doing anything bad. Like I was still a good person and making good choices and doing all that stuff. I was following almost all the commandments except for prayer and scriptures and really like feeding and building my faith but then I started thinking about all the times where I've seen God's hand in my life. And like, I knew, I know that God exists. Like I know he's real. I know he's my father and I know he loves me. And then I thought before I do anything, I've got to, I, I, I owe it to him to, to give it a chance to kind of see. And I remember, and it, like, you know, in Alma, in Alma 32, right? He talks about faith, but you know how before that, when he's repenting and, and, or is it Enos? Suddenly I'm thinking it's Enos where his mind seized upon what his father hmm. taught him. Um, and I feel like my mind seized upon Alma 32 and my spirit kind of grabbed hold of that and was like, look, all you have to do is have a desire. You literally don't have to do anything else. You don't have to believe you don't have to do anything, but you just have to want to believe and let that grow and build. And so I started just with the desire and, and, and that's kind of where it started was, it was just, that's all I could give. And that's all I could do. But I figured that if heavenly father says, that's all you need to have. Um, I love looking for his, his, what he tells you to do. And then the promises that come after and making those connections in the scripture and his promise was like, look, all you have to do is desire and then let me take it from there. And so, yeah. I can so relate with that. I don't know about you, Lynette, but I can think of times in my life where things have really snowballed, like just gotten so super busy or things changed so drastically. Like you said, your move from Texas was totally unanticipated and to throw in that a bunch of kids and all of the logistics that came behind that and everything else, it's like at the end of the day, in survival mode, the last thing you want to do is put forth more, you know, more emotional yeah. energy towards anything. It's like you're you, just, you just want yeah. to let your wings hang down and crash into bed or watch a movie so your brain doesn't have to do anything. And um, so I can relate with that. We also moved here from Texas and we weren't expecting to move here, but we did. We moved out here. And I remember for us when we were rebuilding the house after the fire that 
it felt so consuming daily just to keep ourselves afloat as a family, to function as a family, to make sure people were fed and my husband had clothes to wear to go to his job and so on and so forth, that everything spiritual felt, I felt numb. I, I can relate with that. I think that's the best word that you used. I felt numb because I was just really, really emotionally tired and caught off guard with such a massive change. I think that would apply to other things, not just moves, yeah, but like divorces, death, you know, caretaking for loved ones that take your time up all the time where as women, we, we give such a huge amount of emotional energy out to our children and our spouses and the things that we're doing that are good anyway, that it, it's, it would be gradual and it could be gradual and easy to, to stop in the scriptures and saying your prayers. I mean, I really hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, it, it can also include things like, I mean, obviously having a baby, big life-changing things, but little things like you're depressed or you're, you're, you just happen to be struggling with something and that maybe a child is struggling and that is taking up so much of your time and effort and energy that you, you can't, you just don't have enough to give in another area. And it's just one more area to give. And so you kind of pull and you're conserving just like when you're, your body goes into shock, it pulls blood into your artery, like your main functions and pulls it from your limb and all of that stuff so that, so that you can function and keep moving. And I think we tend to do the same in our lives as things aren't going the way that they should. We pull in and, and probably when we should be feeding that spiritual bucket, it's just one more thing. And so we pull it in to protect ourselves so that we can function and go forward. So one thing that I was thinking about when you were you know, telling your story again, I think one of the amazing things is that both you and your husband, prior to this feeling numb, you were both inspired that you were to move to Utah that presented now this opportunity that um, caused you to you know, kind of pull back a little bit, rethink. And I think that's what happens in our lives, that we're, you know, sometimes we're given these opportunities to really dig deeper and become more of who Heavenly Father wants. And it's usually during those really hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the example of shock. I've, I haven't thought about it that way. But again, going back to my recent experience with a fire, I remember my husband and I kind of just having like pillow talk some nights and just saying, I don't have the energy to get on my knees. I mean, some nights I was so in shock mentally and, and physically from just the rapid change of events and everything that we had gone through. I would just lay in my bed and I would just close my eyes, almost falling asleep. And that's how I would pray because I couldn't even bring myself to get on my knees. And I couldn't even bring myself, I, like, I didn't even know what to say to father. Mm-hmm. I was just like doing it more out of just principle than I, I just, I just didn't know what to do. Right. You know? And that's okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, for you, sure. You the give Lord what that. you can yeah. with right. what it, you have in the moment. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I used it in my talk of the widow's might, right? Like she, she gave everything she could, even though it was the smallest little, like, worthless amount in so many people's eyes, but it's literally all she had to give. And, and at the beginning of the year, that was all I had to give. And it was like, look, Heavenly Father, this is what I have, but I'm, but I'm here and I'm presenting it. And, um, and so in the last year, 
it's it's just showing up, right? It's just that you're here and you're giving even the meagerest little amount that he counts that because you're there and and you have that desire. And so, I mean, and and God God knows so much more of what we need. And so he used 2020 as as a refiner fire in a way for me. Um he knew what I needed to work on and and I think I talked about this, but 2020 for many people was a really hard year. I look back on it and while I wouldn't want to repeat it, I love it. It's become one of my most special and sacred years because all the things I was struggling with and all the things that I needed to have happen in my life happened to bring me back to a place where I am, I'm, I'm functioning better. Right. And I'm improving every day, but my spiritual self is better. Like overall, I, I'm have that faith and that testimony has been built again, um, through it. And, and I mean, it started, I remember, I think it happened in January when it started by the end of February pandemic hit, we're building a house and we get in, my friend got diagnosed with cancer, stage four, um, kidney cancer. And then, and then March, March came along and my cousin's daughter, a four-year-old daughter drowned in the pool and was in the ICU for a week and, you know, gave me a chance to fast and pray. And I had been fasting and praying for my, for my, one of my best friends so that she could find the right doctors and find, you know, and she's got three young kids and, and then as it, the, and then it kind of went forward, um, you know, Faith, my cousin's little daughter died, but he shared so many miracles and the power of prayer and the things that happened and took place to even give them a little bit of extra time with her before she passed. And, and the doctors were in the right places and the paramedics happened to be in the right places to things just kind of happened and you saw God's hand in the whole thing. And then you know, watching my friend go through cancer, how Heavenly Father helped her navigate and find the right places. And had a, she had a terrible experience with one doctor, but that turned her off to a doctor and sent her to a doctor who could do so much more. Um, and then my other friend's son, they were here visiting from Texas and he, he, he's seven and he fell out of a tree 30 feet. Um, and he missed it, hitting his head on a concrete barrier by a fraction of an inch. And if he had hit his head on the barrier, like he, he would have passed away, but he, he still fell and he broke a lot of bones and had internal bleeding, had brain swelling, and he was in a coma for a month, but he, with the doctors and like, they happened to take the time off work and they, like everything fell into place so they could be here while he was in a coma and then recovered in the hospital. And now you have no idea that he got injured and, and, and then you kind of move forward. And my friend ended up, she was in August was supposed to die. Like her, they had moved from Virginia to here and we were setting up their rental house while she was in the hospital. And her husband called us and said, don't put her stuff in the closet. I don't think she's going to come home this weekend. And so, I mean, we all just cried as we like put all her stuff away and and totally expected to get a call anytime that that she had passed and within days by monday she had come out of it and and by the end of the week she was actually home um through faith and prayers and blessings and all of that kind of stuff and fasting of a huge group of people and she was able to come home and spend one more month with her kids 
and as a mom and like while she was sick and she was still struggling and suffering, but she was alive for one more month and able to really be home with them and things and have a lot of incredible things happen in that month. And so Heavenly Father kind of helped build, it gave me the opportunity to fast and pray. And at the beginning of 2020, I don't know that I would have said, I mean, you, you say that miracles exist, but like you don't see them and you don't, it, it wasn't like a thing where I was, I don't know. I, that sounds so lame, but if you would ask me at the beginning of 2020, I'd be like, I guess they exist sometimes for some people, but like, I don't see them. But now at the end of 2020, it's like, I just, I feel like I saw miracle after miracle and God's hand in all the things. And it gave me the opportunity to increase my faith through prayer, through scripture study, through all of these things, through the pandemic and teaching my kids their own. It, it, he tailor made it 2020 for me. So I apologize. Everybody else had to go through what they had to go through, but he made it for me so that I could, I could kind of fix my own self and my own path. And then after that, after I was in survival mode till I would say September, October, I, we made it through the hardest part and all those kind of mini trials. And then that's when I started to realize like, okay, I'm a little bit stronger. And I can do more. Like, what what can I do now? And and I started trying to figure out how to, what was the next step for me and what that looked like and how to continue to build my faith and how to incorporate time to, to work on myself spiritually, mentally, and physically in everything I did. And um and and I so I don't know. I I feel like I'm just talking forever. No, I, <laughs> so, I am so like, like, raise no, your hand no, no, if I'm you want like, to jump spellbound. in anytime. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm dying to ask you this though. I'm thinking of your ear, your year, and I'm like picturing all of these things that are going on and I'm going, okay, either you were just like this, I don't know, you were like, you were just so full of gratitude and love by these experiences in the moment or were, or did like that come later? Did kind of an understanding kind of come it, it came to later. that, that this was a blessing? Because I'd imagine you were, you were probably like a lot of people that say 2020 is the worst, or maybe you were feeling like, okay, I, I really want to strengthen my faith, but all these bad things are happening. Like yeah, what, how was that relationship? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I didn't notice. I didn't notice any of it that was going on. I didn't notice what Heavenly Father was building and doing in my life because I was, I had these blinders on and I wasn't like, I almost didn't even remember my struggles at the beginning of the year because I was just focused and like, I mean, I, I was just in the moment. Right. And when you're in the moment, sometimes you don't see the bigger picture. And, and I did not see the bigger picture. I remember I was, I went through anger. Like I was really mad. I was really sad. I, I struggled I mean, it hurts. Like no one appreciates growing and no one appreciates being put through trials and watching loved ones struggle and suffer. And, um, and it's not until there's a poem that John, by the way, shared years ago and it's, I've got to get it and stick it on my wall somewhere, but it, I can't even remember what it's called, but it basically talks about how if you're doing like cross stitch, and, and the master is above and he's doing the cross stitch, but you're under the cross stitch. And when you look up, it just looks like a tangled mess. Like you don't see a thing. All you see is just disaster everywhere. And you're like, what the heck? Like, why is my life a disaster? 
but he's above and he can see the beautiful pattern and how all the threads come together and the gold we've woven through and he can see it. And it's not until you're able to see from the other side what was created. And, and I feel like 2020 was kind of my, I couldn't see. All I saw was just a jumbled, chaotic, heartbreaking mess. And, um, and it wasn't until October because that's when, you know, my friend passed away and it was kind of the last trial that I suddenly realized like, wait a second. It, I saw a, a peek into kind of how he had brought me through and, and it helped me to see a little bit more of, um, where I was and his hand in all of it. Um, and then it gave me the opportunity to realize like, because he had brought me through, what can I do next? And so I started, I realized I needed to separate some time for myself each day to work on myself and, and kind of safeguard my spirit and my mental health and my physical health. And I needed to, to take some time back for myself. And so I had, made a, I, I joined a group with my friends and we started making goals and, and these friends are amazing. Like one lives in Alaska and it was, I think she said it was eight degrees this last week and they ran a half marathon in Alaska with five feet of snow all around them. And that's not me. That's not who I can be. Um, and so I think I told, um, I told you guys before that I think one of my first initial goals was to, put workout shoes on. And that was all I had to do because I, to take care of my physical self, you know, we all want to set these high goals, but I scaled it back to what I felt like I could manage and be successful at. So while everybody else was setting these amazing goals, I was like, I'm just going to, and I know I was going to put workout shoes on. And then after that month of being able to put workout shoes on every day, my next goal was to get dressed out of pajamas. And it didn't matter what I got dressed in, but it, I just had to change my clothes, which for probably most people is not, doesn't have to be a goal. But for me, that had to be a goal so that I could kind of just pick a start to my day and get going. And then those little baby goals emerged to kind of what I do right now, where I have an hour. I set limits and I said, I'm not allowed to do housework or anything until I get my hour done of reading 30 minutes reading of three different books and then 30 minutes physical. Um, and it, and it allows me time to get in for my myself. And then that's helped me increase my goals and it's helped, it's helped me do better and become closer to Emily father and, and start to be able to finally recognize how he's guided me in this last year. But yeah, I couldn't, couldn't see it until, until I was through it. And then I could look back and then the more that I've tried to learn from it, the clearer the picture has become. So I love that. I think, you know, when you learn to see the miracles, your muscle in, in, in seeing them again becomes stronger. The same with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I remember talking to a girlfriend of mine. This has been a number of years ago uh, when we lived in another state and at the time, she and her husband were just, they were in that place where they were hanging on by a thread. Their son at the time was eight years old, and he was going through childhood cancer. 
And so Spencer and I were really close to this family and we would see Carrie and Paul and they, they just looked hammered all the time. Just, they just were just barely getting by. And, and I was talking to the, to the wife, my friend Carrie, and, and she made this really neat connection with her sister. She said she was kind of complaining to her sister about, is God hearing my prayers? And, you know, all I can see is that tangled mess, right? The bottom side of this crocheted piece of work and, and crusted piece of work. And she's like, I, I just cannot feel God. I can't see God. I'm so tired. I don't know if I can keep going. And her sister said something, which she then shared with me that I've never forgotten. She said, do you recall ever hearing a conference talk or reading a conference talk where the people in the story during the storm were like completely aware of what was going on and had the answers. She said, no, that always comes later, that understanding that, you know, we call it hindsight, but I think the Lord finds the right time and the right way to distill upon us some of that understanding in the time that we'll, we will be able to see, I have grown, oh my goodness, that prayer or that's why we had to move to Utah. You know, you were there for friends that that had huge trials that were going to be happening. And the Lord knew, hey, and Rachel is going to need an opportunity to strengthen her faith. You know, he's the ultimate networker, and he knows the beginning from the end. And anyway, I just think that's so true, though. When you're in the middle of it, there's not a whole lot of gratitude that is there. I think we need to be kind to ourselves. Absolutely. You know, we can say, hey, this kind of stinks. I don't don't really get this, but to hold on to that desire. Yeah. Like you're talking about Rachel. Mm -hmm. And I've got a question, Rachel. So when you were setting your goals, I know as women, we really sometimes struggle with comparing ourselves to other people. How did you, how did you not let that get the best of you? So, so I, I have a talent, which I think I've told you guys about or a gift or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it, it has actually taken me many years to get to this place and a lot of hard lessons learned to get to this place, but I don't care. Like I don't care what other people's goals. I don't care what everybody else is doing because they're not me and they don't have my background and they don't have my strengths and my weaknesses. And they like, it's like that you stay in your lane kind of thing. And we can cheer each other on. Like I can cheer on my friends who are teaching fitness classes and I can cheer on my friends who are writing novels and being published. Like I can cheer everybody else on, but I know where I'm at and I can't set goals according to them. I mean, I have to be okay with being like, you know what? My goal this week is to eat two vegetables a day, right? Where other people eat like salads. I, guys, that really was my goal for a month was I was like, I just have to eat two carrot, baby carrot sticks a day. That's it. And I like vegetables. I just wasn't paying attention to what I was putting in. And so I had to, and, and I also spent, I've spent time studying goals and habits because I felt like I was terrible and I would set goals and I would never reach them because I set goals that were too hard to be consistent at every single day. And, and so I listened to things like, um, Brooke Snow's podcast of floors and ceilings, which if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Cause it's fabulous. She teaches that you have your high, high goal of, for example, I don't know, 
I'm just going to use fitness, like running a marathon. Your goal is to run a marathon or do an Ironman or whatever, but you have to have a, a floor goal for the days where it's like you just, it's the smallest bare minimum. And she said, you pick your bare minimum and then peel it back like five layers. So if your bare minimum is to, um, put on, I don't know, workout clothes or, or put on workout shoes, your bare minimum would have to be if you peel it back two more steps, it's literally you pick up your shoes and you just move them. And that's your bare minimum. And if that's all you can do that day, you've met that goal. And some days you're going to be able to do your high goal of I fully got dressed and I did an hour long workout and I did all the things. And other days it's like, if you can just move your shoes, you're still successful because you showed up. Um, and, and so, so I learned a little bit from that and was able to create craft my goals and habits toward that. And then I studied habits and, um, looked into the book called Atomic Habits, which also it's, if you haven't read that one, that's a, it's my favorite book, but that one just talks about showing up and setting realistic goals and how to build habits and create them so that you can do them every single day and be diligent. And it's really hard to be diligent if what you're doing every day feels like so much, it feels so heavy. And so you have to pick things like you scale it back until they become a habit. So, um, so for me, it was, I put on my walking shoes at my running shoes every day. And then suddenly that became a habit of, of getting dressed every day became a habit. And then it was like, well, what if instead of putting jeans on, I put on workout clothes and then that became a habit. And then I added on to that and I said, okay, well now I'm going to walk for 10 minutes a day. And then I added, okay, once that became a habit, I added on to that 10 minutes of weights and then 10 minutes of stretching. And, and now it's much, I, I, it, it feels strange if I'm not doing those things every day. And so, so for me, it was, it was, I can't look at other people because they are not me. They're not on my journey. And, and I know a lot of people struggle with that, but like, you just have to learn to look at who you are and look the talents and weaknesses and strengths God gave you and figure out how you can improve and change and not worry about what other people are doing because this is your life and you only have one of them and you have the chance and God makes the promise over and over and over again. If you ask, you'll receive. If you, if you do this, then I'll do this. And, and all you have to do, all he asks is for you to show up and have a desire and that's it. And then he takes you from there and he'll help you build upon, like line upon line, precept on precept and step by step that, that you, and you have to be willing to be patient and, and put in the time and not run faster than you can walk and, and just wait because he is crafting something beautiful from above and you can't see it and you can't understand it until the end. And then the very end you'll see and you'll say, oh, I get it now. Like I understand how this thread connected to this and how you helped me here and, and it all makes sense. But it's at the end of the day, it's between you and Heavenly Father and that's it. And nobody else can have a say in, in that relationship. It's just the two of you. I love that so much. So when, when I talked to you last week and you'd shared your journey of, and in your goal setting, it's, it inspired me so much. So I've, I've just finished the, 
tw- like not 2019 and 2020, that was probably the hardest year that I'd been through with a particular um, experience with our son who went through a divorce and it just really consumed me. And I had been really good about working out prior to that. And then through that whole experience, I couldn't sleep. And so I felt like I, I just didn't even have energy to, to work. I mean, working out was the last thing I could do. So I kind of gave it up. And I, I, anyway, so after I talked to you, I decided to just pick a little tiny goal. And it was just to put my workout clothes on, which I hadn't done forever. And I actually went on a walk that day. I called or texted a friend and we went on a walk. I felt like a new person and it was just a really little simple thing, but I think that's all it needs to be. And you feel success. Yeah. And then it's going to build. Yeah. It's all about setting yourself up for success and not, and, and, and we fail. Like yesterday, I, I, we've, my husband and I have been doing keto for the last, like, few since January. Yesterday I ate a donut, two pieces of banana bread with frosting. And like I failed yesterday. I did not meet my nutritional You health. didn't get your two carrots in. I did not. I did not. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> so <laughs> judging. Right. I'm judging you. I didn't but you know what? I didn't care because the one of the things that I've learned is on the days where you don't make it, right? It's it's okay. Like you have to be able to give yourself that grace and you just think, you know what? I'm gonna start a new streak. Like man, I had a great run and now it's a new streak. And I'm going to see how long I can go this time by just having my two carrots or like not, I mean, I'm up to the point, I've built up to the point where we can do like no sugar and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, it, it, you have to scale it, right? Like you have to start where you are, make the best of what you can do and then slowly build on it. You can't go from two to 10. You have to go from like level one. Now you're at level 1.5 and now you're at level two. Now you're at 2.5. Like, and it's painfully slow, but that's the only way you're going to get there and be able to build things that stick in the long run. So I have to tell you the funniest story. It totally reminds me of this because I used to be a marathon junkie. Like I through and through am a runner. I love running. Running is my life and used to be my life. And then I had a series of setbacks with my health and everything that so knocked me on my my backside like you, Lynette. I was just out of it for so long that the stamina and even the the thought of beginning running again was very scary to me. And I attached a lot of sadness to that inside that that I had not been doing that for such a long time. So anyway, so I set a goal for myself that I would start becoming active again. And so I went to the rec center. And this was a few years back and, um, I signed up for the senior citizens workout yes. class. Oh, I, love I that. am not even kidding you. <laughs> that is that awesome. makes me so happy. And right I was like this young 40 year old lady in there with a bunch of much, much, much older ladies. And they were looking at me like you appear to be <laughs> fairly fit and like, functioning. I don't really know what you're doing in here, but going up to one of those classes where I knew, I knew inside of me what my capabilities were and doing an hour long, just absolutely. Yeah. With, with everybody else doing 500 repetitions of, of everything. I mean, it just, it literally paralyzed me. So I would sit in a chair and I would roll my ankles and almost wanted to laugh out loud a few times, but it's where I was. 
It's where I was. That was real for me. So funny little story. But the second thing I wanted to point out, Rachel, that you shared that I loved, you used a word that you weren't paying attention. You said, you used a phrase, you weren't paying attention. And I think that's very often how things go in our lives, especially when we are so busy and we have endlessly long lists of things that we want to do for our family and for ourselves and for our callings and everything. Sometimes we forget to pay attention. So I think the word I just wanted to throw out there is to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. When you set a goal, it's you're kind of drawing your line in the sand saying, I'm being intentional about this. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to know all of how it's going to work out and you can still feel feelings of anxiety or whatever it is, but you have to be intentional about it. So you, your, your tactic was to involve friends. So you had kind of an accountability thing going on. I love that. It may be different for everybody, but being intentional and being real with yourself, like this is where I'm starting. So this, and, and not judging if everybody could be like you, girl, I know. I'm not like I, you. No. I, I have the <laughs> tendency to compare even sometimes today, you know, to this day, I'll be washing my dishes. And if I see, you know, people that are hauling through the neighborhood hundred miles per hour in their running pants, it still brings me pain. Like, Oh, I want to go run 20 miles today. And I know I can't run 20. I'm probably going to even run, you know, this like whole chemical reaction is set off in my brain where I just kind of go into self-loathing. And I know that's not what the Lord wants. He's like, I ma- I made you to do something else. Mm-hmm. I need you to focus on something else. He does. And you sometimes know. he forces us to pull the brakes, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, he, yes. he's done that to me so many times. And it's the most frustrating thing ever. And a lot of times when he forces you to pull the brake, pull the brake and redirect, because you're actually not in the place he needs you to be yet, or it's not time, like there's a time and season for anything. And sometimes it's the season to be able to run through the neighborhood and do all that stuff. And other times it's the season to like practice rolling your ankles in a senior citizens class. Like it's, I, I know, recommend, by the way. <laughs> it's good. I think that whole topic could be a whole other podcast, oh, for sure. just the season that you're in and embracing and embracing, embracing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think on, on that, like with comparison, so as even though I involved my friends, I like my friends are amazing, incredible women and they do things that like, I couldn't even begin to tackle and every night we checked in with each other and we rate ourselves on our goals. Like it was, what habits are you going to drop? What habits, like, how did you do on these things? And we gave ourselves one to five and a one was just for checking in. And you guys, they got fives almost every day. And I got a, I had to send a one almost on a daily basis. And I had to learn to be okay with my one. And then after a little while, some I was able to start doing twos and threes and fours. Now I'm up to where I can do mostly fours and fives. And I'm like on the same page. And then other ones, she just had a baby. So she's now at ones and twos. And you just have to be okay with your journey and your time and where you are in your whole season. And so, but yeah, you could do a whole podcast and you should do a whole podcast on time and season and being okay with where the Lord has put you and just trying to be patient, even though that's the worst. Well, I just... Rachel, I just feel so lucky that you are part of our Relief Society and our sisterhood. I feel like we all need a cheerleader. And I think Rachel could be that for every single person because 
Yeah. Honestly, you just, I think you just, you've learned so much through your experience and you're so willing to share it. And I personally just appreciate that so much. Okay. I'm so glad my husband calls me a, an overshare. I, I definitely do. But I think in my life, I've had enough lessons that I've learned that when we, when you share, it allows others, like, cause there's so many others who are going through what you're going through and allows others to be okay with going through the same things and then they can share. And when you share your hardships and your trials and all of that stuff, it actually helps lift others. And so you do nothing for you by keeping all your lessons learned to yourself, but you can lift so many and encourage them and give them hope, even though we're not in the same situations, just by being an open book. And it's, it's a, I don't know. It's a curse and a blessing to be willing to be so open, but it's, it's uh, who I am. And I'm just excited to be here because everyone I've met has been an open book as well. So it's, it's been awesome to be a part of this ward so far. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being willing to share and being vulnerable. Um, the gift of being vulnerable is priceless for us and for you because it helps I think as you've retold this story, you feel those emotions again. The Spirit witnesses to you that those special experiences were for you. We feel the Spirit. We feel directed to things that we can change and we can do. And then we all, from this experience, because you were willing to share and be vulnerable, we all feel inspired. And those feelings of inspiration contrasted to feelings of feeling discouraged or alone or despair. We know inspiration and light comes from a totally different source. And that's what the Lord would want for us. So thank you. What a gift you yeah. were for us today, Rachel. Mm. Thank you for having me and inviting me. And I think if there's any sisters that are out there listening in our, in our ward, in our down group. Here, uh-huh. <laughs> I know there's a lot of amazing stories, hard stories that people have been through. We would love to learn from all of you. So if you want to contact us, if you'd like to be part of this podcast, we will be reaching out to, we just want to get to know everyone. So anyway, we'd love to hear from as many as you are that are willing. Yeah. Thank you for that plug, Lynette. I'm totally on board with that. I think anybody who just feels passionate about a topic that we can learn from or wants to share their experiences in a similar fashion that we've done today would be just fantastic. So hit us up and thank you for joining us today on Connections on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. That was good.